the Sealing God's People, thesealinggodspeople.org, with your host, Dennis Beard. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited us after preaching a morning service in Transmara, Kenya, Africa, saying, Seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Since then, we are doing podcast streaming, focusing on the true, real Jesus, the Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but me, the churches that I attend to, and I've been in this for over 45 years, have never heard Christ taught and broke down in a church in receiving and establishing the body of Christ in the doctrine of Christ. What is the doctrine of Christ? That if any man abide not in this doctrine, he hath not God. 2 John 9. Why is that so important? We just believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that's it and we're saved. Yet, he said the foundation of the church, that revelation of Christ, is essential for salvation being the foundation of the church. In Matthew 16, we find that Jesus asked a question. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Then Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? What do you say I am to his own disciples? Peter said, thou art the Christ. Now he's focusing on that revelation of Christ. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus responds, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose upon earth shall be loosed in heaven. Therefore, Peter had the keys to the kingdom, and on the day of Pentecost would be the speaker there on that dwelling Holy Ghost coming down from God out of heaven, filling his body, his church with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Peter standing up along with the other 11, Matthew being there also, and he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, there's a revelation there. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost in Matthew 28, 19, there seems to be a discrepancy. Matthew saying, go ye into all the world, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Peter having that revelation, the name of, singular name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. These are mysteries that can only be revealed by the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. For the natural man cannot receive these things of God. So the Holy Ghost is given to lead us and guide us into all truth. The focus on the foundation of the church is the revelation of Christ. Not Peter, but the revelation given unto Peter, which is the revelation of Christ. 
Now, let's see what the revelation of Christ is, and we have to be established in the doctrine of Christ, which is the rock. Now, Jesus stated, I liken him unto a wise man that digged deep and founded a rock. Why would he have to dig deep? They tell us the gospel is very simple. You just ask Jesus to come into your heart, or whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Just say, Jesus, and you're saved. No sanctification. Just simply faith without works. Don't worry about glorification. Just ask Jesus to come into your heart, and that's all there is to it. But we find that when we read in the Word of God, that is just simply not the case. We have to have the revelation of Christ. And it says, if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Abide in that doctrine of Christ? What is the doctrine of Christ? As you have been taught Christ, as, you've, as you have been established in Christ, and as you have received him in Colossians 2. Well, there's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We're focusing on that Christ, and we're going to find, by taking a look at it, that various denominations, of which there are over 32,000 in the world, very scarcely have the revelation of Christ and do not teach Christ. And let's take a look at what is this doctrine of Christ. In 1 Peter 1, verse 10, 11, I'm going not to quote it, but to read it out of the Word of God. And if you will, read along with me, because this doctrine of Christ is essential for salvation as Jesus had spoken it to Peter in Matthew 16, that that is the rock, the foundation of the church. In 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, it said of which salvation the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, at Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets all the way to Malachi, have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what? Verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ. Notice, that is a capital S. That is deity. That is uh, the one Spirit. Have many different offices and functions, but only one Spirit. We find that there's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, above all, and in us all, in Ephesians 4. There's only one Spirit. If we divide that Spirit, we're in trouble. If you believe in one God, you do well. The devils believe also and tremble. There's only one Lord. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not a of compound unity. He's one. There's only one Spirit. And Jesus claims to be that Spirit. He said in John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. One and the self-same Spirit. He uses the Greek word one, heis, H-E-I-S, which means one and the very self-same Spirit. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Philip? Show us the Father. That is in John 14. 
But the question is how? If there is only one spirit and Jesus is that spirit, then how can he die for us? The spirit can't die. The spirit can't be tempted. God can't be tempted. And yet we're saying Jesus is that spirit. The son of God is that spirit revealed. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood as a mystery of godliness, to wit that God was in Christ, that is, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit. Who was? Not the Son of God. God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. Then what is this doctrine of Christ? There has to be a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that's what we're going to see here. What is this doctrine of Christ? He said the Old Testament prophets, by the Spirit of Christ that was in them, that's a capital S, that is the one Spirit, many offices, that's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. That's Elohim, that's El Shaddai. That is the Father of glory. That is the Spirit. And that Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify. Signify. Well, that is the signification. The sign. The signify. And that's what we see in Revelation 1. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Well, what is it signified by? By the Holy Ghost speaking and leading us and guiding us into all truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The rock is Christ. That's the foundation of the church. The revelation of Christ is essential and in Colossians 2 says that we have to be established in that doctrine of Christ. When we see that in Colossians 2 verse 1 through 9, we see that the Antichrist, the revelation of Christ is what the devil will attack in the last days overthrowing the faith of many. Why? Simply because they have not been established in the true doctrine of Christ. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. To understand the revelation of the Son of God, we have to understand the revelation of Christ. For Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then, the Lord says, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee. This is not a natural revelation with a natural mind. This is not through your human intellect. But my Father, which is in heaven, he has revealed this unto you. Well, if Jesus is the Father, how is he speaking? My Father, which is in heaven. And these are things that we're going to discuss today to make sure that we are establishing the doctrine of Christ that which we have seen in over 32,000 different denominations on the face of the earth, that very few 
have the revelation of Christ. And we say that sadly, but it is the truth. What is the doctrine of Christ? 2 John 9, if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, that rock, that foundation of the church, he hath not God. But many will come in my name saying I am Christ, saying that we do have the truth. With over 32,000 different denominations on the face of the earth today, and ever learning but never ever come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? Thy word is truth. And the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. When we go on with first Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, we see in verse 11, searching water, what manner of time, the spirit of Christ that was in them, the Old Testament prophets. That spirit of Christ is capitalized, means that Christ is that spirit. Thou art the Christ. So in Matthew 16, when Peter tells Jesus, answering the question, what think you? Uh, who is? Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christ. You are that spirit. The spirit of Christ. Christ is that spirit. You are that Christ. The son of the living God. Thou art the Christ. That Christ is not just the man. That Christ is the Spirit, which is the Son of the living God. We see that in Matthew 16. Well, the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, all the Old Testament prophets, when it did signify, when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ. Therefore, now Christ is not only the Spirit but that Christ is going to be the spirit manifest in a body of flesh and blood. Not Christ Jr., not another spirit, but Christ himself. The spirit of God, the father of glory, the invisible spirit will be declared by Christ. That is uh, the sufferings of Christ, which is the spirit. So the Spirit, Christ, is going to suffer as Christ. Not Christ Jr., not a second person of the Godhead, but Christ himself. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood, not reveal this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter. Upon this rock, the true rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He gives him the keys to the kingdom. That revelation of Christ has been taught all through the years, and there has always been a remnant, a true church that had the revelation of Christ, the Son of the living God. Not Christ Jr., not second person of the Godhead, not the God-man, but the true God, the true Christ, the true God Almighty that was revealed in a body of flesh and blood as the Son of God. When he sees, uh, it did signify. Signified it. How's it signified? By the Holy Ghost. 
by God himself that we have received this testimony that God is true. We have set to this seal that God is true. And the sealing is necessary and essential for the last days in Revelation 7 to stand in these last days judgments of God in famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast, which are going to multiply and increase the closer we come to the time of the coming of the Lord in the second advent. When he comes the second time without sending salvation for the salvation of his saints. Notice that the sufferings of Christ, the spirit of Christ that was in them, Samuel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi, that spirit of Christ that was in them, Christ is that spirit. When it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ, so Christ somehow, that spirit is going to be revealed. All the fullness of it, all that God is in grace and truth are going to be revealed in a body of flesh and blood. But there is a mystery there. It's a mystery of God and the Father and of Christ in whom are ahead all treasures of wisdom and knowledge as we see in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Now that revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, John, to showing to his servants things which must shortly come to pass, he sent and signified it by his angel unto John. And we have that revelation of Jesus Christ that we will know these things before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ that would be established in this doctrine of Christ, which is the foundation of the church, the foundation rock, which we find that most denominations do not have and have never taught. That's right, have never taught. Why? Because they make it an easy believism and not the true Christ. In the revelation of Christ, the Son of the living God is God manifest in the flesh. Not God Jr. manifest in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Not a portion of God, not a second person of the Godhead, but God himself was manifest in the flesh. Jesus, in John 14, said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father says, in many mansions, when I so would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whether I go, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh through the Father, but by me. From henceforth, you both know him and have seen him. Seen him. Well, Philip standing by said, Lord, show us the Father. And that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you? And hast thou not known me, Philip? Well, he called him Lord, but you did not know and had not had the revelation that Jesus is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. And in John 14, he's going to make that very plainly seen that he is Christ, that spirit, the Father of glory. And he said, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Philip asked, show us the Father. And that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. That's all we need to know. 
But somebody said, well, I, I, I'm really going to church to find out what's going on with the pandemic and COVID-19. And, uh, you know, there's famine going all over the world. And earthquakes are, are, are increasing in the last 10 years more than ever. And, oh, the signs of the coming of the Lord are there. Yes, they are. But the only sure foundation you have is the rock, Christ. And without that foundation and the true Christ, no one will be saved. So what are we saying? We're saying that out of 32,000 denominations on the face of this earth, most do not have the revelation of Christ. And that is very essential for salvation. As we said again in 2 John 9, any man that does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, that doctrine, the apologetics, the literal apologetics in the doctrine and the dogmas of truth hath not God that do not have and abide in the doctrine of Christ. Well, most have never heard that preached or even taught or been established in the doctrine of Christ. That doctrine of Christ is Christ first and foremost is that spirit. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is uh, Every office of the Spirit of God, Christ is that Spirit. All the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the Spirit of Christ. Christ is that Spirit. That was in them. That is not an eternal Son. You see, the Son had a beginning 2,000 years ago when the Word was made flesh and we beheld His glory. The only, as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. How? John 14. You believe in God? Believe also in me, Jesus said. Father's house of many mansions, one not so would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Where I am, there you may be also, whether I go, you know, on the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whether I go, so I come another way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh the Father but by me. Philip sees his chance. Lord, show us the Father. And that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Jesus said, oh, he's up in heaven? No. Well, maybe we'll pray to him and we'll see a, a, a vision somewhere. No. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you and hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. Believe me that I am in my Father, my Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. The works. What works did Jesus do? Will he heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue? The lame walk and the captive went free, and blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. Jesus said, The words that I speak are not mine. Well, then whose are they? The Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me. Greek word, houses, dwelleth. Katakeo, houses permanently, forever, never to leave, ever. The Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me, he's the one doing the works. There Jesus is stating, 
If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If I, with the finger of God, not with the finger of the Son of God, if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, know ye that the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. The kingdom of God? Yes. What is that kingdom of God now? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ is that spirit. That's the spirit of the Son, which is the spirit of the Father. One spirit. Galatians 4, verse 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into our hearts whereby we cry of a Father. Now let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. What's the bottom line? What's the fundamental doctrine of Christ? If he is the Father, why is he praying to the Father? Where did the voice come from heaven? And Jesus praying to the Father. If he is the Father, why would he pray? Is he praying to himself? No, he's not praying to himself. Of course not. Not some split personality. It's not some, uh, you know, Jesus is uh, throwing his voice somewhere and uh, he's the voice comes from heaven and Jesus is some kind of ventriloquist. No. We have to understand the doctrine of Christ. We have the first proto-evangel, the messianic promise, the Christ, the Christos, in Genesis 3.15. There we find that Adam has fallen. A one man's disobedience sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant take many righteous. We need to know who this servant is and how is God going to work salvation in and of himself alone? How's it going to happen? And that's what we're focusing on in this podcast. If you listen and if you're hungry, you will know the doctrine of Christ. And you will be amazed that the greater percentage of the denominational churches in the world do not preach Christ, but a false Christ. Unknowingly, some very good people, but yet are ignorant of the doctrine of Christ. And we do not say that because we have some kind of uh, uh, indignation or, or malice against the church or the denominations of this world. But we do, as ministers, have to lift up Christ and him crucified. Therefore, we must bring the true Christ. And by doing that, is going to make many that do not agree angry. So the doctrine of Christ will make a person sad, mad, or glad. Sad because they see it and do not believe it and will not go and, and literally obey it. Mad because they don't believe it at all. Or glad because they do see it and they obey it and go in and receive that doctrine of Christ. Becoming one with him, he's been baptized into Christ and put on Christ. So therefore, we're talking about this revelation. The revelation that is essential for salvation. Second John 9, if any man abide not in that doctrine, well, how can he abide in the doctrine if he's never even heard the doctrine? It's never been taught. Well, it's in the Word of God. But the ministry, unfortunately, by going through seminaries and various uh, educational uh, colleges and seminaries, universities have been taught a false Christ. And therefore, we have to focus on the real Christ. 
because in the last days, the Antichrist is a Christ in lieu of the real Christ. It's a false Christ. And that false Christ literally is the Antichrist, which will have the number of the beast, which is a number of a man. And that man is a false Christ. We follow and believe the man Christ Jesus to be God Almighty, God manifest in the flesh, according to the Word of God. But they'll say, no, that man Christ Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. He's not the Father. And therefore, he is the second person of the Godhead, and uh, he's deity, but he's a God-man. When he walked on the water, he was God. When he was uh, uh, hungry and worried with his journey, he was a man. And that is a false doctrine. The Protestant church world in, uh, in whole has the doctrine of the God-man of the Chalcedonian definition in 451 AD to hold to be the true Christ in Christology in all, um, almost all Protestant denominal churches. And the Chalcedonian definition states that he is a God-man. That uh, the Son of God was eternally begotten before he came into the world, before the foundation of the world, that he was begotten as a son, which is a false doctrine. There is no spirit that begot another spirit in heaven. There's nowhere in the word of God that it say that. And we're going to prove that today. If you stay with us, you will see the true doctrine of Christ and you will go, oh my Lord Jesus, help us to see the truth that we have been lied to for so many years just like the Big Bang Darwin theory is a lie and has been taught in all colleges and universities throughout the world, which is a total lie. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, somebody said, well, that's, we believe that. That's the truth. But then why won't we believe the doctrine of Christ, which is the foundation rock of the church and not even been taught through the ministry of the fivefold to the body of Christ. We have neglected so great a salvation, this doctrine of Christ, the true rock, capital R-O-C-K, which is God himself, manifest, seen, touched and handled in the days of his flesh, then went back to his former glory. And let's take a look at it. If he is the Father, what does he pray to the Father? If he is God, then where does that voice come from heaven? Is he a ventriloquist? Is Jesus praying to himself? Absolutely not. There's no split personality here, a bipolar condition. <laughs> of course not. Well, then how? We're going to see that by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man, Shall my servant make many righteous? God is spirit. He can't die. He can't be tempted. Yet he's got to have a man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. And that man will have to be a perfect, spotless, 
blameless sacrifice, a perfect, spotless, blameless lamb in order to be a free willing sacrifice for our sin. Then how's God do it? God said, I looked for a man. I was amazed I could find none. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation unto myself. God's own arm. But to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? That arm, his own arm brought salvation to himself, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Well, wait a minute. Christ is that spirit. Christ is God. So we can say Christ, the spirit, was in Christ, reconciling the world back into himself. Because Christ is God, and Christ is that man in the days of his flesh. There is a key there. Now let's take a look at how God's going to do this. If we take a look, we see there in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that first of all, that Christ and your understanding and us knowing who Christ is first, that Christ is that spirit. First and foremost, Christ is the spirit of God. He is all the offices of that spirit. Father, Word, Holy Ghost, El Shaddai, Elohim, Jehovah, whatever you want to call the attributes of God, Christ is that spirit. That spirit of Christ was in the Old Testament prophets. And they prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in them when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ. Now Jesus stated there, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He states in John 8, 13, the Pharisees came against Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. He's three or one. 1 John 5, 7. The Father is the administrative office of the Spirit. Same Spirit. The Word is the expression office of that same Spirit. Revealing thought, plan, purpose, and will. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same spirit. But the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. Heist, exactly the same spirit. Different function, but exactly the same spirit. One and the same. Well, Jesus stated that he and his Father, I and my Father, are one. One and the same, same spirit. Heist, using the same Greek word, heist, or one, not whom, not in a union, not in a hypostatic union, as in uh, uh, the Chalcedonian definition of 451 AD. No hypostatic union. <laughs> he is God. He is that spirit. Spirit is spirit, and that which is flesh is flesh. Jesus is that spirit. He is the Lord. The Lord is that spirit. Second Corinthians. 317, the Lord is that spirit. He's Christ. Christ is the spirit. But now the question is, how is he going to hear that voice from heaven? How is he as spirit going to die when he has no flesh and blood? This is where the mystery comes in. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and honors. Let's go to Colossians 2. And verse 1 through 9. Now, 
many have read this and said, well, there's only a portion of the Godhead manifest in the man Christ Jesus. But that's not what it says. And we're going to take a look at John 8, 13 to see when they said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. And Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. In this doctrine of Christ, there's a mystery there. Why? Because only those of a pure heart are going to see it. No man, no one knows the Son of God but the Father. No man knows the Father but the Son and to whom he will reveal him. The Son has to reveal the Father that is one and the self-same Spirit. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 14. In Colossians 2, Paul is focusing in on the mystery of God and the Father of Christ. If you'll take a look, I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and from them and Laodicea and for as many as not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding and we're going to see the full assurance of the understanding in Isaiah 43 10 that you may know believe me and understand believe in God not a denominational teaching but believe in God himself and his word, which is that God cannot lie. And he is unchanging. These immutable truths. The full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement. Do we acknowledge it? The acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Somebody says, well, we went to seminary and this is what we were taught, the Trinity. This we were taught about a Tarian, a Tunis. We were taught a oneness doctrine. Well, friend, let's take a look at the Word of God and we're going to find there is a true, pure revelation of Christ that is so simple to see when the eye, that eye being single, the body's full of light, when that eye is open to the true Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Ghost leading, and it is directly opposite of what is being taught in over 32,000 different denominations in the world. Somebody said, I dare you. Let's believe the Word of God. And if there's something that's different and we see, that the path of the justice as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day, and we have greater light than what they had a century ago, greater light than what they had a year ago, because it's progressive, a progressive revelation, going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, then we ought to receive that pure light, that pure revelation from faith to faith, from glory to glory, going from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. Well, let's receive it. It's a time for seek for truth. And those that seek for God with all their heart will find him. That's a promise of God. In whom Christ or head, that is this mystery of God and the Father of Christ, in whom 
Not in them. In whom? One person. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Notice, in Colossians 2, he goes on, Paul says, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Now, there are many different orators out there, great oratory ability, that are not preaching the truth. But it sounds good. There's a way that, that sounds right to a man. But the end thereof, the ways of death. There's a way that seemeth right to a man. It seems right that a father should have a son and that's different than a different spirit in the natural, but in the spirit, one plus one plus one, father plus this, the, the, the word of the Holy Ghost, that's one and the same. It's not one plus one plus one equals three, the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, but one plus one plus one equals one because it's one function of the spirit, one office of that spirit, which is another office of the spirit, which is that same spirit, does not equal two or three persons in a Godhead. And that's where the mystery comes in for those that have an ear to hear. And he says, and this I say, let's any man should beguile you with enticing words. And though I be absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in the spirit. Join me holding your order and the steadfastness of your faith where? In Christ. This Christ has been taught. As you have therefore received Christ, Jesus, the Lord. The Lord's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Jesus is his name, Jehovah's salvation. Christ is the spirit of God manifest in a body of flesh and blood. One of the self-same spirit manifests. One, the spirit of God's invisible. Christ there being veiled is that spirit revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Manifest in a body of flesh and blood. Not a different spirit, not a second person of the Godhead, but one and the self-same God, the image of his singular person, the express image of his person. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him, not them, him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. The faith is that faith in Christ, which is the rock, the foundation of the church, which has been moved. That foundation stone has been moved into where now we believe there's two or three or a God-man. A God, that's a spirit man, but the man's not God, but he's got God in him. Not giving the man the glory due to his name that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory. The man is God. There's only one. That man is God. There's one. There he said, root and build up in him, establish in the faces you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. We've got a lot of philosophers. The philosophies are unending. Great philosophers. But it's not truth. It seems right to a man. It's not truth. And vain deceit. What's vain? Vanity comes to naught. But it's deceitful. But it is uh, these doctrines uh, that are very, very conducive to the flesh. These doctrines of devils and seducing. They're seducing spirits. They lure. 
They lure men that that uh, uh, evades the cross. Why should I suffer? Why should I suffer with him? Well, so you can reign with him. He that that suffers in the flesh has ceased from sin, but it it literally evades the doctrine of the cross. And men will do anything they can to get numbers in a church and make it an easy, easy, easy gospel with no obedience whatsoever. Any way will do, just come on in. Many paths to heaven, we're all going there. That is a lie. There's one way. There's one truth. There's one life. There's not another. The doctrine of Christ is the foundation. And many are going to find in that day that they have followed a false Christ, a false doctrine of Christ, and it'll be too late. That will be the frightful words. I never knew you. Depart from me. For you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. There, even though working many miracles, there, uh, casting out devils, professing to them we've cast out devils, been done many wonderful works in your name, prophesied in your name, and the Lord said, depart from me, I never knew you. You workers, you that work iniquity, lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God, not walking in the truth, the true Jesus. There's all kinds of false Christ out there. There's all kinds. The spirits of Baal are real. These spirits are seducing, saying peace when there is no peace. They cleave to them with flattery. And people follow their pernicious ways. Having to heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears. The itching ears are things that you want to hear. Easy believism. No sufferings with Christ, no carrying a cross, no cross to bear. Jesus said, Any man come after me, lay him down himself, pick up your cross and follow me. They say, No, no, there's no cross. Just ask Jesus to come into your heart and you say, That's it. That's a lie. That's a total lie. Beware, listening to men spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit. After the tradition of men, we have the tradition of men, just like Harvard used to be in John Harvard. On the the slogan above the gates at Harvard was uh, uh, the slogan uh, there in truth, Christ in the church, Veritas, Christos, Ecclesia. Now they drop the. Christos Ecclesia, Christ in the church, and just put Veritas. Well, we got truth. Well, it's truth, all right. Truth according to man. But what happened to the Veritas Christos, Christ, your doctrine of Christ? Veritas Christos, the doctrine of Christ, is founded on the doctrine of Christ to have the ministers founded in the doctrine of Christ for the body, Veritas, Christos, Ecclesia. But no, we have to drop the Christos, Ecclesia because that's not popular. We have these leftists over there, secular uh, secular humanists, that are telling you that it's bad. You're a good person. You don't need all this doctrine of Christ. You don't need this obedience. Any old way will do. Everybody's going to heaven. Now, that's a lie. It's going to carry many souls to hell. What is it? He said, it's tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Christ is altogether. If you're in the world and you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. 
Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. For all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, and the world passes away with the lust thereof. But whosoever doeth the will of God abideth forever. Well, what is this doctrine of Christ? Well, first and all, the final finality is Christ is that spirit. First and foremost, no division, no division, not divisible. He is that spirit. Now, the spirit is invisible. Christ then is going to manifest in the flesh. It's born in the city of David, Christ the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And he will be Emmanuel, God with us. We see in verse 9 in Colossians 2, 9, beware, lest any man, for in him, that is in Jesus, in that singular man, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Somebody said, well, the fullness of the Godhead is not all the Godhead. All the fullness is all the attributes of God, friend. It is just that simple. God manifests in the flesh. That's a mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16. Who is he? He's a blessed and only potentate. 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16. Who only hath immortality? Jesus Christ. Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. Who is he? He's the Lord of glory. Christ Jesus is the Lord. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Let's talk about the days of his flesh. How will Christ suffer? Because the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in him. Spirit, only one spirit. The Lord God Almighty, Jehovah Lord of the sufferings when it testified before him the sufferings of Christ. Now Christ is going to suffer. How? Now we've got to know how. If you will, we'll turn to Philippians and Philippians 2.26 is going to give us that revelation. In Philippians, it tells us in 2, the second chapter, that Christ, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, the form is morpha. That is an eternal state, morpha, the form of God. Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Nobody's equal with God. Somebody's second person of God. There is no second person of God in. It's all the attributes of God. Let us make man in our own image. That is Genesis 126. Plural personal pronouns. Let us make man in our own image. Us are. Plural personal pronouns. Read verse 27. The very next verse. So God made man in his singular personal pronoun. Own image. Male and female created he them. Why? Because Genesis 126 is all the attributes of God. Just like in Proverbs 8, I, wisdom. Well, that's a singular personal pronoun, I, wisdom, giving a characteristic of an attribute of God, wisdom. That's not another spirit. In that spirit, in that spirit is wisdom. But I was daily his delight. Who? God. Well, God, in his own attributes, delighted in his own wisdom. That's not another person. 
the Father talking to the Son? That's ludicrous. There's only one God. And that's the greatest commandment of all. Mark 12, 29. The tribe came to Jesus. What's the first commandment of all? He didn't say believe in a trinity. Jesus said, Mark 12, 29. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord God, thy God with all thy heart, soul, and might. The second like it, love your neighbors yourself. And all this contained, all the law of the prophets are in that. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, one Lord. That's not a compound unity. One means one. I can take a little child, two years old, and say, give me one figure, he's going to put one. It's that simple. There's one spirit. It's not divisible. doesn't have God, Father, God, Junior. There's only one. Well, then it's going, let's see how Christ is going to suffer as Christ. How's the spirit going to suffer as a man? And that's your mystery. How's God going to do this in and of himself alone? How's his own arm going to bring salvation to himself? He looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. All in sin comes short of the glory of God. None good, no, not good. One, conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity. Therefore, God said, I look for a man. I was amazed I could find none. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation to myself. How did he do it? Philippians 2, 6 tells us how. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself. Who? God himself, that spirit himself of no reputation. One and one time only in the word of God. It's a kenosis. K-E-N-O-O. Greek word meaning totally brought to naught. A self-imposed limitation upon yourself to say, I will not work as God. Why? Because he's going to add to himself the form of a servant. Read it to you for yourself. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. That this man being you was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but what? Made himself of no reputation. Who? God himself. Somebody says, that son of God? No. The son of God has two, two characteristics, two components. Number one, he is the spirit of God without measure. He is the father. Two, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. When you have the father revealed in a body of flesh and blood, that's the son of God. The Father is the indivis- is that invisible Spirit of God. Father. The Word. That's an invisible Spirit. It's the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. Holy Ghost. That is the power office of the Spirit of God. Somebody spoke a word. You can't grab the word. You can't. That word, Spirit. Thy word is Spirit. Thy word is life. How bet? When that's made visible. The image of his singular person. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. The express image of his person. Not expressed, past tense, express. E-X-P-R-E-S-S. The express image of God. God was manifest, not manifested. 
manifest. That's a manifesto. God was manifest. His whole manifesto, everything that he is. 1 Timothy 3.16, where? In flesh. God was manifest, his manifesto. Everything that he is in flesh. God was manifest in flesh. Justified in the spirit. Saint of angels. Preachers of the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up in the glory. Who? God himself. Not the son of God. The son of God has two components. The spirit, all that God is, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. Now you got the son of God. That came into existence. 2,000 years ago when the word became flesh and we beheld his glory, the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No man has seen God at any time. He's invisible. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. That only begotten Son is the only begotten, that is the monogamous huos, the only begotten Son. Many virgins will have it, the only begotten God, monogamous theos. Both are correct. Because the only begotten God is the only begotten Son, which is the only begotten God manifest in flesh. That's the reason why you see in Philippians 2, 6, Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, God is a spirit. That's an eternal morpha, an eternal state. But he did something for our salvation. Didn't have to, but he did. He made himself of no reputation. There's your key to understanding how God is going to add to his own spirit, his own body of flesh and blood. And that own body of flesh and blood is going to be made under the law with one of us, as one of us, exactly what we are, yet tempted at all points, like as we are yet without sin. How's he do it? Well, he makes himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. There's your key. Friend, there is your key right there. If you don't understand a kenosis, you'll never understand how God humbled himself, made himself of no reputation, not some, no reputation. Why? Because he can't work his spirit for our redemption. He's got to work as a man. Why? Because Romans 5 tells us by one man's disobedience sin came to the world and death by sin, therefore by one man shall my servant make many righteous. A man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. As the offense is of one, so also the free gift is of one. One man. How did God get this man? He looked for one. He was amazed he could find none. All the sin comes short of the glory of God. That's the reason why we had to have a virgin birth. A seed of a woman. Genesis 3.15. But in between your seed and her seed, you bruise thy head, now shall bruise his heel. The first proto-evangel. Christ, the Christos, the messianic, messianic promise. The promise of Messiah, who is God manifest in flesh. There, in Philippians 2.6, Jesus being in the form of God, he made himself of no reputation, emptied out. Not going to work his spirit. Does he cease in the system of being God? Of course not. He makes himself of no reputation. He puts a self-imposed limitation upon himself. I'm not going to work his spirit. I uh, make myself of no reputation, not some. It means literally brought to naught. 
God made himself. Nobody else did. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him that same spirit. He makes it of no reputation, takes upon him, on that same spirit, the form of a servant. The form of a servant, that form is morpha again. That's an eternal state. That's not something you're going to, uh, you know, come as a form of and then drop it. Yet, uh, schema, it's going to be morpha, a form, a morpha. He takes upon him the form, morpha of a servant. That's something eternal that never, eternally world without end. Makes himself of no reputation, takes upon him the form of a servant. There is your key. The key to understanding Christ. What this podcast is all about. The key to understanding Christ is God himself made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. Took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. That made his genotomae, made. The word made flesh, genotomae. The word, logos, genotomae, made flesh, sarca. Not soma, just case in a body, just of skin, but sarca, a full human body, soul, and human spirit. Sarca, as they are the form, the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Who? God himself. Not the son of God. God himself. And being found in fashion as a man. Schema. He humbles himself into the death and death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, give him a name above every name. And at the name of Jesus. Every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Who is this servant? Was it prophesied by the Old Testament prophets? Was it signified before it ever come to pass? Yes, it was. Let's go to uh, Isaiah 43.10. Isaiah 43.10 is going to tell us that these Old Testament prophets, Isaiah being a major prophet, prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Here it is. Prophesied of the sufferings of Christ. Christ, the Spirit, is going to suffer? Yes. God manifested flesh? Yes. The Father revealed? Yes. Exactly what we're saying. That is the doctrine of Christ. Christ is the Spirit, first and foremost. But He's going to suffer as a man. But that'll be God's own body of flesh and blood. How he, how'd he do it? He made Himself of no reputation. Why? Because He's going to redeem us as a man. Only a man can redeem us back. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. God is Spirit. He can't die. God gave us a law that His sin might ex- appear exceedingly sinful. That law then requires death. And while that's a shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. The law required the death of a righteous, holy, blameless, sacrificed Lamb of God. 
to fulfill that law, he has to be tried by that law in every aspect. Literally tempted in every point of that law. Every aspect of that law. And then be found blameless to where at that point, because he's been tried in every area and tempted in every point of the law, found blameless, then being deemed the spotless, blameless Lamb of God, he has to then be willing as a free will, free willing sacrifice as a propitiation for our sins or in lieu of our sins, to be a propitiation for our sins, be a free willing sacrifice. Well, he makes himself of no reputation. Why? Because he's not going to work salvation as spirit. He's going to work it as a man. So what does he do? He makes himself of no reputation because he's not going to work his spirit. Takes upon himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man is going to humble himself. Well, that's God's own body of flesh and blood. Not another. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You're looking at him. Words that I speak are not mine. The Father that's dwelling in me, you're looking at him. He's the one doing the works. He's the one healing, sick, cleansing, liberation, the dead, casting out devils. He's the one doing all of this. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father dwelling in me, housing in me, he's the one doing the works. Look at Isaiah 43.10, and he's going to tell us there, this Old Testament prophet is prophesying by the Spirit of Christ that is in him of the sufferings of Christ. Well, here's a perfect example. Isaiah 43.10 states, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord. Notice that's a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. You are my witnesses. Not some denomination, not some bishop, not some apostle or prophet. You, an individual believer, are my witnesses, saith the Lord. The Lord, capital L, capital O, R, D, is the invisible spirit Everlasting Father, God Almighty, the Lord Jehovah, El Shaddai Elohim. That's who he is. The invisible spirit of God, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that spirit, and my servant, whom I have chosen. The servant, well, that's that servant he took upon himself, that form of a servant. That servant whom I have chosen. That man that I've chosen. That servant I've chosen. Well, he goes on and tells us this revelation of Christ. That you may know there's knowledge and believe me. Oh, well, I believe what the denominational says. I believe what Bishop said or what uh, Apostle so-and-so said or what doctrine of dogma that came down from the apologetics from, from uh, the denominational headquarters. Baha. Uh-uh. No, no, and believe me, God said, believe me, this is what I'm saying. Not what some seminary taught you because they don't have the understanding. I've got to make an easy doctrine and forget this doctrine of Christ. No, that you may know, that's knowledge, and believe me, that's God, and understand. I want you to have the understanding of this. I want you to have the understanding of Christ. 
What? What is it? Give me the bottom line. Well, I'm glad you asked. That you may know, believe me, and understand. Here we go. That I am he. The Lord is that servant. Now you've got the doctrine of Christ. <gasps> oh, there's no second person of Godhead? No. Is there a God man? No. That man is God. Well, even when Jesus was was glorified and resurrected from the dead, he said at the right hand of God, and God's still in him, but that man's not God because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God and Jesus was flesh. Oh, friend, you do not have the doctrine of Christ. You have believed the denominational Christ and anti-Christ and something in lieu of the real Christ. <gasps> Oh, no. Oh, yes. Believe God that you may know, believe me and understand that I am he. The Lord is that man. That man is the Lord. What does he say there? Look at Isaiah 43, 10, and I'm quoting. You may know and understand and believe me that I am he. Next statement. Before me, that is this Christ. Before me, God Almighty, there was no God formed. God formed. That's right. God formed himself a servant made in the likeness of men. He formed himself uh, a body of flesh and blood through the Virgin Mary, who is Emmanuel God with us, not son of God with us. That's a false doctrine from the papacy of the of, of the mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts and abominations of the earth. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me, before who? God. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. Not son of God formed, God formed. Now you're getting the true Christ. Christ is that spirit. But Christ is a man that revealed that spirit. Christ. Not Christ Jr., not a second Christ, not Christ the God, not Christ the Son. No, Christ is Christ. Christ is a spirit. Christ is a man that revealed that spirit. The spirit is that man. The man is that spirit. The spirit is that man. I am he. Before me, there was no God formed. Neither shall be after me. Go on. I, even I, am the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Christ, that man, that servant, is God. He is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. Now you have the revelation of Christ, the real Christ, not an antichrist, not a trinity Christ, not a binitarian Tunis Christ, not a God-man Christ. The true Christ, that man is God. See, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Well, I thought the Father was sitting there beside him was a Savior. He said, beside me, there is no Savior. Beside me, there is no other God. I know not any. If the Father knew there was another son up there, he would say, well, I have a son up here. But he said, beside me, there is no other God. I know not any. There's no God the Father, God the Son. That's the reason it always refers to the 
to Jesus Christ in the manifestation of God in flesh as a son of God. Why? Why not God the Son? Because God the Son would be an everlasting son. He is a son of God. And there's a big difference. The son of God is God manifest in a body of flesh and blood as a man in the days of his flesh for our redemption under the law. See now that I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved. I have showed, showed, showed where when there was no strange God among you. No strange God? He's talking about these false Christs down here. You've got to understand and know and believe and understand that he is that servant. He's telling you, Isaiah is foretelling and uh, that signified in 1 Peter 1, verse 10, 11, and signifying the sufferings of Christ. He's doing it right here. He is that servant. He is that man. He is that savior. I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. That man is God. That servant is God. Yea, before the day was, I am he. That's what Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Abraham, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. Yea, before me, before the day, I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work. And who shall let it? Who can stop it? That saith the Lord, your Redeemer. That's Jesus Christ. The Holy One of Israel. That's not a Holy Trinity. It's not a God-man. That's a Holy One of Israel. The devil said, we know thee who thou art, Jesus. You're the Holy One of Israel. You're that servant. You're that servant right there. That is God Almighty, the Lord. They knew him. Are you come to torment us before the time? They knew. The devils believe in one God and they tremble. How much more? We reckon around here with a trinity, a binitarian, or God-man, and then oneness organizations having no revelation of the true Christ. And that is why the Lord is bringing his body into a true revelation of Jesus Christ to those that have an ear to hear his word, what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. How much plainer can it be? And this is bore out from Genesis all the way through Malachi of the Old Testament prophets prophesying by the Spirit of Christ that was in them when it signified, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. He's saying that servant, I'm he. I'm your Redeemer. I am the Savior. I'm that Holy One. There's no second person of the Godhead. There's no binitarian. 
Somebody said, well, the Lord said unto my Lord. Yes, the Lord, the invisible spirit, said unto my Lord, and that spirit made manifest. Now, what's the key? The key is we have the law. The law is going to be a law that have a wall of partition, parting God from his creation. The law was given that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. That law, by that works of the law, no flesh shall be saved. Then how's God going to work salvation? The law was not given that man would be saved by the works of the law. No flesh shall be saved, Romans 8, 3. That what the law, that law, this wall of partition, what that law could not do, in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh condemned sin in the flesh. Somebody said, yes, God sent his own son. Yeah, that's not God Jr. Had he sent his own son? Do you find any scripture anywhere that God the Father said to the Son, Son, go down and die for the sin of the world? No. Why? Because he is the Savior, the Father of glory, God Almighty, Jehovah Lord, God Elohim is God with us. He is the Savior. The Lord said, I am the Savior. I am the Lord, your Savior. I am the Lord, your Redeemer. I am God, who is your Redeemer. Well, then why is he going to pray to the Father? There's your revelation of Christ. The law was given to sin might appear exceedingly sinful. Well, God did send his Son. What the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Yes, he did, Romans 8, 3. Galatians 4, verse 4, how did God do it? How did he send his son? In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. What? His word. How? In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, Galatians 4, verse 4, made of a woman, made it under the law. How did he do it? By the virgin birth. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, 14. The Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one and the self-same spirit, three different functions. 1 John 5, 7. The Father is that administrative office of that spirit. The word is that expression office of that same spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same spirit. Therefore, when Mary believed the word of God by Gabriel, uh, highly favored of the Lord, you're going to bear a son, little S-O-N. And he shall be called the son of the highest, capital S-O-N. She said, how can this be? I know not a man. Well, said for the Holy Ghost, the Most High, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. The Most High will overshadow you. And that which is born of the Holy Ghost, that holy thing that is born, thou shalt call Jesus Jehovah's salvation. For you will bear a son, little S-O-N. He will be called the Son of the Highest, capital S-O-N. Or he will save his people from their sins. Still nothing happened. As soon as Mary said, be it unto thine handmaid according to your word. Boom. 
she was pregnant. As soon as she received that word of God, she was pregnant. She bare that son nine months and brought forth Isaiah 9, 5, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 5. And his name shall be called. The name has all the intrinsic value and character of that name. Bread has to be bread. Oil has to be oil. Jesus is Jehovah's salvation. And his name shall be called Wonderful, capital, used only of God, full of wonder. Counselor, the mighty God, not the mighty Son of God, the mighty God, Isaiah 9, 6. The everlasting Father, everlasting Father, I thought he was the everlasting Son. No, the everlasting Father is revealed in the Son, which is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Now you know Christ is the everlasting Father the Prince of Peace. That's the true Christ. That's the doctrine of Christ. So if you have Christ, you have the Father and the Son. Because the Father's the invisible spirit, the Son is that spirit made manifest. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. 1 John 2, 22. He is Antichrist that has denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father, the invisible spirit. Two, manifest in a body of flesh and blood, that's the Son. The Son and the Father, one and the same. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is that spirit. Christ is that Son of God that suffered. It's one and the same. When you have that doctrine, now you have been established in the doctrine of Christ. Now the law is uh, given that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. The law, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That law has to be fulfilled. And there Jesus is going to come in as uh, a man and under that law. Galatians 4, verse 4. Not above it, under it. Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. The word's going to be made flesh. Made of a woman made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. He's going to become one of us. How is he going to do it? He makes himself of no reputation, not going to work his spirit. He's going to lay aside his glory. He's going to lay aside uh, that working as spirit to work only as a man because a man lost it and that man must fulfill that law as a man. Not a God man, but as a man. So therefore, the Spirit will make itself of no, make himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, verse 6. Made it under that law to redeem us that were under the law. That law is still there. God and the Word made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, that law is still there until, until, he dies on the cross. So the question is, I'll ask you, the one that are listening, you believers, or you that are wanting to know the truth, is that law still there? God comes into the world, born in the city of David, 
Christ the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty Emmanuel. God was, is that law still there? Of course it is. Is it still separating God from mankind because of sin? The answer is yes. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. But it hadn't been taken away until the cross, friend. Not when he's born, but when he dies. It's in his death he saved you. In the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So, during the days of his flesh, in the days of God's own flesh, that man is still under that law, and fulfilling that law as a man just like you and me. We know that because Hebrews 2 says that because we, the body of Christ, are flesh and blood, he also, God himself also likewise, took part of the same. That in all things, he, God himself, was made like unto his brethren. Tempted in all points like as we are. Hebrews 4.15. Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. How? Because he's made himself of no reputation so he can work only as a man, not as a God-man, but as a man. He's made that his spirit of no reputation took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men and under that law, Galatians 4 verse 4. Why? Because as a man, he's going to fulfill his own law. God is going to work salvation in and of himself, or God was in Christ, reconciling the world back into himself. But this law has to be fulfilled. And then the price has to be paid by the shedding of blood. First, he has to be tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. And every miracle that Jesus does, it is, it is for the redemption, showing us the redemption power that he is God manifest in the flesh. That law states that the high priest cannot take his office until age 30. Numbers 4 tells us that the high priest takes his office at age 30. The law states that. Jesus is our high priest. But he has to fulfill the law as a man. He has to fulfill that law. So therefore, Jesus will not start his ministry or begin his ministry until age 30. Why? Because he's fulfilling his own law as a man. Who is that servant? God himself. I'm the Lord. I'm your redeemer. I'm your savior. But he's not working as God. He's made himself of no reputation. That's, that's Philippians 2.6. There's your key to understanding Christ. That law is still there. Therefore, because the law is still there and God's still God and that's his own body of flesh and blood. Yes, his own human. But that young human is under that law and that law is still there until the cross. Therefore, Jesus is fulfilling his own law as a man. He can't take his office as a high priest until age 30. Why? Because the law states that. Numbers 4 states the high priest takes his office at age 30. Well, Jesus then cannot start working for us on our behalf as our great high priest until age 30. He's fulfilling that law. And then he can't just start working as God. He has to show us how the spirit works through the flesh in crucifying his own flesh, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. So what's the first thing that happens? 
The spirit drave Jesus into the wilderness there to be tempted of Satan after he's fasted 40 days. That's God, our Savior, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. The Son of God, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. But he has to suffer. He has to fulfill that law as a man, not as a God man, as a man. Well, he has the Spirit of God without measure from the birth. Yes, I know that. But the Spirit is not going to move. And that's the reason why that Jesus will work no miracles or nothing, not anything until age 30 and then only after he's suffered. Showing us the way that we must suffer if we're going to work the works of God. We're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. That that life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. That requires suffering for him. That's the cross. The cross there that Jesus at age 30, just as a high priest, he made himself of no reputation to become one with us, become one of us, to redeem us that were under the law. Just as the high priest did in the Old Testament. In Leviticus 16. In Leviticus 16, we find that the high priest on the Day of Atonement, young Kabor, that he is going to go into the sanctuary, the holy place, and take off his garments of glory and beauty and beauty and lay them aside. Take off his garments of glory and beauty, yes, and lay them aside. And take upon, put on the linen breeches, the linen garment, the linen miter. Why? Because that high priest is becoming one with the people. He's taken off his garments of glory and beauty. He's putting on the linen garments, becoming one with the people. Then he's going to work all those sacrifices on the Day of Atonement. He's going to take the two goats, the goat of Azazel, he's going to, he's going to sprinkle the blood uh, before the mercy seat seven times. He's going to work all these different sacrifices. And when he gets through, after he's completed, for on the behalf of the people, He's going to come out of the holiest of all, the most holy place, go back into the sanctuary, the holy place, candlestick shoe bread, and he's going to take off the linen garments, never to be worn again, and put on, back on, the garments of glory and beauty. Your Lord did the same for you and I. For you and me, yes, he did. How? Because he made himself of no reputation. Humble himself to the death, the death of the cross. In everything, he's going to be tempted at all points like we are, yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15. And as he does, as a man, he has to pray the law still there. Does he have to pray the Father? Of course he does. Even though he's got his own body of flesh and blood made in under the law, that law is still there. That law has to be fulfilled. And that wall, that law is a middle wall of partition, parting God from his creation of mankind. Well, that's God's own flesh. Yes, I know it is. But it's made under the law. It's separating. That law is still there. And for Jesus said, my father is greater than I. Why? Because he's saying the spirit is greater than the flesh. The things concerning me have an end. He's talking about his body of flesh and blood. Then he talks there 
about. He's having to fulfill that law. In doing so, he's showing us the way, the truth, and the life in our stead, what we have to do as our way, truth, and life as, as our example. He prays to the Father. Why? Because he is working salvation as a man. A man lost it. Romans 5, only a man can redeem us back. There's your key. God made himself of no reputation to work as a man to fulfill his own law. Glorifying, glorifying his own human back to himself. Working salvation in and through the man made an under the law to fulfill that law, to redeem us all that were under the law. Now you're getting the true revelation of Christ, the one Christ who is God manifest in flesh. There, Jesus said, Father, glorify me. I have glorified you and I will glorify you again. I'm progressively glorifying. God's progressively glorifying his own human back to himself. In the Old Testament, by reason of death, the high priest could not continue. Therefore, they would do three things to keep the high priest going in the high priest office. Number one, at the time, it came to transfer that to his son. The high priest would take, number one, oil, and he would anoint his son. Number two, he would lay hands on him. Number three, he would say, Thou art a high priest in my stead, and he would retire. His son would then take on the office of the high priest because he could continue by reason of death. Jesus is going to be after the order of Melchizedek. Therefore, there will be a transfer, a transfer from the Levitical priesthood to that of Melchizedek. We have John the Baptist of Zechariah, of the course of Abijah, of the Levitical priesthood of Aaron, that Jesus goes down to at age 30 to fulfill his own law. He can't be the high priest until age 30. And about age 30, he goes to see John the Baptist. He said, baptize me. John the Baptist says, I have need to be baptized of you, of whose shoes latchets I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Jesus said, suffer to be so to fulfill all righteousness, not to wash away my sins. I am born a spotless, blameless lamb as a seed of the woman, but to fulfill all righteousness, the way through the life, baptize me. John the Baptist of the course of Zechariah, Abijah, the Levitical priesthood of Aaron, under that Levitical priest, does three things to Jesus. Number one, he lays hands on him. Number two, he puts him under the water. Number three, he doesn't speak over him. The voice comes from the voice from heaven itself. God saying, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. The voice from heaven. Then, <clears throat> why? <clears throat> because at that point, excuse me, at that point, <clears throat> Jesus is becoming our high priest, fulfilling his own law at age 30, and will start working his ministry, fulfilling his own law, 
the Holy Ghost in the form of and shape of a dove comes down and abides on Jesus as a sign to John the Baptist on whom you see the Holy Ghost descending. He it is, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. At that point, Jesus then, at that point, starts his ministry about the age of 30. When he comes up out of the water, notice immediately the heavens are open to him. Straightway he comes up out of that water. The heavens are opened unto him. The voice comes from heaven. From this point on, the law had said, if a man commits adultery, he can put away his wife for the cause of, of, or the woman commits adultery and fornication. He can put away his wife only for the cause of fornication. But Jesus now says, but I say unto you, he that looketh on a woman to lust after her, in his heart, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Why now we have not a natural law, but Jesus has given us the law of the spirit of life. All the other prophets said, thus saith the Lord. Jesus said, but I say unto you. Why? Because he is God manifest in the flesh, showing us the way, the truth, and the life. Grace and truth coming by him, the personification. The law is still there, though. So as he works salvation in and of himself, fulfilling his own law by being a man, not a God-man, but as a man. And as he suffers, as he fasts, prays, prays without ceasing, showing us the way, the truth, and life, then he's progressively, the Spirit of God can show itself through the man, Christ Jesus, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, not him. He said, I can of my own self. The man do nothing. But what I see my father do, that's what I do. Not with his eyes, what I see with his eyes, but the eye of his spirit. Not with human eyes. We, as the children of God, we know Jesus after the spirit, not after the flesh. That's gnosko. But Jesus did not know the Father as Gnosko. He knew him as Ido, E-I-D-O. Meaning what? Meaning that he is not just uh, a son of God, but he is God manifest. I know him. If Jesus said, if I say I didn't, I don't know him, I'll be a liar like unto you. Therefore, Jesus as he is working, fulfilling that law through fasting, prayer, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. As a man in under the law, and Adam after the fall, showing us the way, the truth, and life that we as men and women can do the same thing because he did it in the days of his flesh not in the days as God, but as the days of his flesh through the eternal spirit. We can do the same thing through his spirit now as children of God. He'll say, Father, glorify me 
The Father says, I've glorified you and I will glorify you again, progressively glorifying you higher and higher back to me. Then he prays after he's fulfilled all the law. Every miracle he does is progressive. Uh, the first, even in death, they're raising the dead. Jairus' daughter's been dead a couple of hours. He goes in and raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. Then there's a funeral procession going there with the widow of Nain's son. Her only son is dead. Been dead a couple of days. The funeral's coming by. Jesus goes over there, has compassion on the widow, walks over to the bier, the coffin, and says, son, I say to thee, arrive. And presents the lad back to his mother alive. Been dead a couple of days. Went from a couple of hours on Jairus' daughter, now to a couple of days. Would have made son. Then Lazarus. Been dead four days. Every miracle is progressing. Progressively getting higher and higher in glory. Lazarus been dead four days. But this time he staketh. Lazarus come forth. He has fulfilled that law in every aspect of body, soul, rational soul, and a human spirit, just like us. Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. Now, because he's done all the things that need to be done in fulfilling that law, he has the right to be our free will sacrifice. And he says, no man taketh my life from me. I freely lay it down. That's a free will sacrifice. I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I've received from my father. John 2, he said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. Oh, Jesus, you mean your father will raise it up? No, Jesus said, destroy this temple, that temple of his body, and in three days, I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except to be God. And that's exactly what Jesus did. There, Jesus goes to the cross. As he goes to Gethsemane, he said, Father, he's praying to the Father. John 17, verse 5, you'll see that Jesus said, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. Glorify me, the man, with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. You know that glory, I made myself of no reputation. I'm not going to work as spirit, showing forth the glory. I laid aside my glory. Lay aside just like the high priest in the Old Testament. Lay aside his garments of glory and beauty. Jesus did the same thing. He said, now I want Father glorify me with thine own self. The law is still there. That separation between God and that man Christ Jesus is still there. He's having to pray to the Father because that law is still there. And he said, Father, glorify me, John 17, 5, with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. I won't. I laid, made myself of no reputation. In that Philippians 2, 6, I want every, all that glory back, all of it, all power and all glory and heaven and in earth, all of it, with your own self. He said uh, there, Jesus said in John 17, 5, please check it out. Father, glorify me with thine own self with the glory I had with you before the foundation of the world. I want it all back. Jesus is dying on the cross. As he dies, the veil rips from top to bottom. 
Here's temple 30 foot high, three foot wide of, of that, that veil, that rent from top to bottom, showing that the way into the holiest of all has not been made manifest yet. That law had to be fulfilled. But we take a look at Ephesians 2. And he said, Jesus took the ordinances of this law that separated God from mankind, the ordinances of that law, took the ordinances of that law and nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, thereby of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. Broke down the middle wall of partition, yes. Glorified with the Father's own self. How high did he, how low did he go when he humbled himself, made himself a no reputation? Philippians 2, 6, he became one of us. How low? Galatians 4, verse 4 says, in under the law. Made of a woman in under the law. Hebrews 4, 15, tempted at all points like we are, yet without sin. He became one of us. How high did he go in glory? Well, after his resurrection, tell Mary, don't touch me. Don't hinder me. I'm going to my God, your God, uh, for I have not yet been glorified yet. Well, he goes to the Father glorified. And that glory, there he comes back after, after that tomb. And he says in Matthew 28, 18, to his disciples, all power, not some power, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth, not shared with the Father because he's glorified with the Father's own self. He's gone back to the glory where he was before. That's the reason why that Son of Man stood before Pilate and said, what and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up to where he was before? Well, what is that? That's not eternal son. That's God himself. John 3.13, no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Who's that? Jehovah. Emmanuel, God with us. Elohim. Elohim, God with us. Emmanuel. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. That has nothing to do with flesh. That is the man. God Almighty. That's the reason why in John 8, 13, in that revelation of Christ, your key is Philippians 2, 6. Jesus, being in that form of God's spirit, made himself of no reputation. Laid aside glory. Why? Because he's going to work salvation through his own body of flesh and blood. How? Taking upon himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of men being found in fashion as a man. Who? God himself. Not the son of God. God himself. In fashion man humbled himself to death at the cross. Isaiah 43, 10 tells you, Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand. What? The true revelation of Christ that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God thy Savior, the Lord, your Redeemer. Beside me, there is no other Savior. There is no other God. Now you have the doctrine of Christ. Christ is the Spirit. 
Christ is in the days of his flesh a man. That's in the days of his flesh. But where? What after his glorification? All power in earth, heaven and earth is given to him. Matthew 28, 18. Acts 2, 36. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus, that man whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord, that's a Greek word, kurios, that is the Greek, kurios, which is uh, Hebrew, Jehovah, Lord, and Christ, the Spirit. I'm how he has given him, the man Christ Jesus, book of Acts, the Holy Ghost, which you do now see and hear. That Christ in you, the hope of glory. That Christ in you is Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, not has come, is come and still coming in, in flesh. For his name, for his body, for his church, for his glory, for his good pleasure, for his kingdom. There Jesus who is he? Christ is that spirit who in the days of his flesh worked salvation as a man. Who is he now? Glorified with the Father's own self. That's the reason John 16 said, Jesus said, the time is coming. That time there, what time? That is glorification. That you will no more ask the Father in my name. You will ask me. And I say not, I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because all the Father's given has given unto me. He's been glorified. Back with the glory he had before. He is the Father revealed in that body of flesh. Now glorified. Glorified. In that man is his spirit. Galatians 4 verse 6. God has sent forth. Now we can receive that spirit of Christ. Who is that? Galatians 4, verse 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son, capital S, which is only one, into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit of the Son is the Spirit of the Father. Christ is that Spirit. Now, who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ? He's Antichrist, as has denied both the Father and the Son. Father's invisible Spirit, Christ is that. Christ is that son. Yes, in the days of his flesh, he was a flesh and blood man made it under the law for our sin to be taken away, for our propitiation, for justification, redemption, sanctification, and ultimate glorification. Well, now who is this Jesus? Let all the house of Israel know assuredly, Acts 2.36, that same Jesus, that one you crucified, that man, God hath made him both Lord, Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, Christ, God manifest in you, Christ in you. The Father who's above all, through all, and in us all, that spirit. That's Ephesians 4, Acts 2, 36. Who is this Christ? Who is this Jesus? What's this doctrine of Christ? 1 Timothy six fifteen. he will send Jesus Christ, the blessed and only Potentate, capital P. What's that? That's an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit. The blessed and only potentate, who only hath immortality. Somebody said, Brother Beard, what are you preaching? Jesus only doctrine of Christ. 
We preach the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, not a false Trinity doctrine of Christ, not a false uh, God-man Christ, as the oneness churches do. That he's on the right hand of God, and God is still in him. No. Where is that man now? Well, he's a blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He's blessed and only potentate, I've never done omniscient, omnipresent God, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man, no man, no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. That's who Jesus is. Take a look at Revelation 3.21. Jesus said to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a place he prepared for us. That where I am, there you may be also. I've got a place in my throne for you. There's four and 20 seats in heaven where he brought to us word, not for him, but to us word. Were made to sit together in heavenly places, four and twenty seats in heaven with four and twenty elders seated upon those seats. That's the ministry of the priesthood, where we, the body of Christ, sit in heavenly places, Ephesians 1. But where did you go, Jesus? Jesus said in Revelation 3:20, He that overcometh will I grant to sit, S-I-T, sit with me, S-I-T, with me in my throne. Where did you go, Jesus? Is that where you're at? No, even as I overcame and I'm set, S-E-T, a state of glory that he's already been, forever settled in heaven, S-E-T, not S-I-T, but S-E-T, set down with my Father in his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it, all power in heaven and earth. So friend, while I say the doctrine of Christ, when you, as a true believer in the real Christ, get to heaven, you're going to see on there and seated in Psalm 132, 11, the Lord hath sworn unto David and will not repent of it, will not turn from it, that of the fruit of thy body will I, God Almighty, set upon thy throne, David, and reign and rule in it for a thousand years in this earth, in the millennial kingdom. That Jesus is God Almighty as I have overcome and set S-E-T down with my Father in his throne. Revelation 3.21. I want to wrap it up. There's a true Christ. I'm saying that your key to understanding that is Philippians 2.6. He made himself of no reputation. That's how Christ, the Spirit, became, came into the world, the Messiah, Christ, the man, that died and suffered for our sins and went back to his former glory, made Lord and Christ. When you have that doctrine, you have the doctrine of Christ. That's the true rock. That's the true Christ. Everything other than that is an anti-Christ. With that said in John 8, 13, they came to Jesus, the Pharisees said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. They thought Jesus was just a man. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. I'm not alone. I am my Father that sent me. He said, it is written in your law, that law that he fulfilled, broke down the middle wall, took the ordinances of that law and nailed it to his cross. Thereby, 
making, breaking down a wall, making one new man. Who is that man? Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. But who's that second Adam? Who's that second man? Was made a quickening spirit. Little less. Why? That man, the son of God, out of thy hands I commend my spirit and that spirit and the spirit of God wanted in the self same spirit. Now we have Christ in us. And that is a quickening spirit. A quickening spirit. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's not of his. But if the spirit that dwell in Jesus also dwell in you, that Christ in you, the hope of glory, it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. Jesus said it's written in your law, John 8, 13 through 27. It's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. That's the testimony of Jesus. I am one that beareth witness of myself. There's one witness, Jesus in the days of his flesh. And my father that sent me, he's that other man. He beareth witness of me. They ask him point blank, where is your father? Jesus said, if you'd known me, you should have known my father also. You're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Moreover, Jesus said, I speak these words in the treasury. No man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. Jesus said, I go my way and whether I go, you cannot come. They said, whether will he go? Will he kill himself? Look at John 8, 24. Friend, don't miss this. The doctrine of Christ. Jesus said, except you believe that I am he. Where is your father? Except you believe that I am he. John 8, 27. They, this they understood not. He spake of them of the Father. They still don't understand it today. They do not understand it today. The false Babylonian church preaching a false Jesus does not understand it today. He is that Father. He is that Christ, that Spirit. This they understood not. He spake of the Father. John eight twenty seven, John eight twenty four. Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the Father, Ye shall die in your sins. Now, let's believe God that you may know, believe me, and understand. Isaiah 43.10 That I am that servant. The Lord is that servant. Before him there was no God formed, neither shall be after him. See now that he is the Lord your Savior, the Lord your Redeemer. There's only one, that man is God. Don't let anybody tell you different. Now you're in the doctrine of Christ. Your key is Philippians 2, 6. He made himself of no reputation to literally come under that law, die for the sins of the world, glorify his own human back to himself, and raise his own body. Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. He did it showing himself that he is beyond any doubt the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. A friend, there you have the doctrine of Christ. There you have the key to it in Philippians 2, 6. He made himself of no reputation, not to work as spirit, but as a man. That means that your Trinity doctrine is not the doctrine of Christ. A Bidentarian is not the doctrine of Christ. The oneness, God-man, is not the doctrine of Christ. There's only one doctrine of Christ. It's a Jesus-only doctrine. The blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality. 
1 Timothy 6, 15, 16. When you see that, you've got the doctrine of Christ. 1 John 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That revelation is necessary to be born of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, 1 John 5. Well, neighbor, if you have questions, we want you to write us. Visit our website, sealinggodspeople.org. Go to the podcast. We have our own app, Sealing God's People, both on iPhone and Android. Visit us. Subscribe to us. Subscribe to this app. Let us hear from you. We love to hear your uh, your comments. If you have questions, be sure and ask them. Uh, you can do that on sealinggodspeople.org on the app, or you can also go to dennisbeard.org. And either place, send us a message. We will cover it over the podcast, over the air. Well, neighbor, we love you. Nothing against any of the 32,000 denominations on the face of this earth. But we must lift up the true Christ. Anything else will not make it in. Second John 9. Any man that whosoever abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. He is the Father. He is that Spirit. He is that that Son of God, that Spirit, Father made manifest. That doctrine of Christ is the Father and the Son. There's only one Spirit there, not two. Any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Don't miss God. Until the next time, this is Brother Dead Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.